0: everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I am Lauren.
1: Hi, I'm Jai.
0: What's up everyone? Uh, We're really excited to talk about a documentary this time. We only did one before on the Sonic Youth Nirvana Tour, and now we're going to be talking about Punk Attitude by Don Letts. It came out in 2005, but I figure since it's kind of about the punk era, it does lead into the 90s that we kind of... We we deserve to explore it a little bit, <laughs> some music.
1: Yeah, because we get to talk about your favorite band. That's why.
0: Yeah, we get to talk about Nirvana a little bit at the end there. I mean, it is kind of true what what they kind of say about Nirvana. I guess like yeah, kind of I- taking all these elements of the past and putting it into this this like one band, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, but just uh, outside of that, Jai, how's it going? Like, what's what's up in your world?
1: I'm um, well, I basically thought about, I was thinking this weekend, like, you know, about 2020 and, like, how it was meant to look completely different to <laughs> to how it is now. Um, yep. and, you know, you have, like, plants. I'm sure it wasn't the only one, everyone was, like, excited because it's, like, 2020, it's meant to be, like, an epic year. Um, but actually... The only things that I've noticed that happen instead of, you know, my expectations were that I'm in a codependent relationship with sugar. Um, Like, yeah, um, you know, um, we talk about how much cake and chocolate I eat. Um, I became obsessed with flowers. Oh, I have become obsessed with flowers and I'm buying flowers every single week.
0: Oh, really? Um,
1: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's crazy. I'm. Um, I drink more red wine than ever, even more than when I lived in the UK. And so, yeah, not really what I expected for twenty twenty. But there you go. Yeah. Wow,
0: that's a that's a that's a visual. I'm just picturing you like <laughs> drinking red wine on the couch, uh, like. Reading or just on the computer with, like, tons of sugar.
1: <laughs> oh, that that's the other one. Yes, of course, I forgot that one. Um, I spend way too much time on the sofa and not actually, like, moving as much. And, you know, to my surprise, I thought that I will become really active because I have time to work out, right? I can't, like, do workouts at home, like, video ones or whatever, but definitely spending too much time on the couch. <sighs>
0: It's <laughs> really funny. I mean, yeah, I think I think everyone is. Oh, uh, for me, what am I doing? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm not doing uh I just watch a lot more like TV or just like really bad TV. I guess I <laughs> I listen to like more podcasts and stuff, but I guess I'm this has been really cool creating this podcast literally right before the pandemic because there wasn't really a pandemic. I wanted to start it before anyway, but it kind of works out that uh, out of everything that I do and not do, I mean, because obviously I I am a photographer, so it's kind of hampered my, I, I like to shoot people. I do like to shoot, I've been shooting more landscapes lately, but with the photo labs being closed down, I kind of just don't want to take a chance and like not knowing, you know, like, the mail can be kind of crazy sometimes, so I, I haven't been shooting anything, so I'm like, oh, cool, the podcast has kind of been, you know, something to like look forward to, and it's cool that I get to talk about different films, so I, I kind of like that this is the time that it started, <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, uh, it's definitely worked out for you quite all right. Um, yeah, I
0: mean, it's cool, yeah, I mean, people need things to listen to, people exactly. now have time to watch the films that we talk about. Or maybe explore the documentaries that we're talking about. So it's cool. I mean, people have the time to kind of learn something new. So I'm learning things new, too. Watching films over and kind of going, you know, into different sections of, like, what I used to listen to or watch. So it's cool. It's been cool. But nothing has changed all that much. I just watch a lot more. I'm trying to read more, which I try to do all the time anyway. But, yeah, it's just kind of obviously, like, freelance work is... Non-existent at the moment. So existing.
1: I'm kind of just stuck
0: inside yeah. anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I just wish I had the option of going to like a movie theater. You know what I mean? Like, and I miss seeing, I don't really think I thought I would miss like physically seeing my friends because I'm talking to them. So I'm like, oh, it just can't be that bad. But I think the other day I actually was like, I'm really sad that I just can't see anyone. Even just for like five minutes. yeah and like you know people are far away and like you know it's just like
1: it's like we talk quite often on the phone and we obviously do this together but I still miss you you know it's not the same as like getting food on like a coffee or
0: yeah or like hanging out at your house yeah actually just recording this in real life (laughs) you know like just watching it together and just you know, recording an episode. So yeah, it really hopefully things will get better sooner rather than later. But uh yeah, just the time moves really slow but yet fast at the same time. It's really yeah. weird. It's really strange. Yeah. But yeah, I started watching Normal People on Hulu, which is what Jai
1: Yeah me to watch. So I'm
0: like halfway through. It's really good. I recommend it for people wanting something it's really good. It's a really different kind of story. So yeah. I, I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's, oh, it's I'm
1: a so good, glad to hear. It's a good it. departure. So
0: glad. Yeah, it's a good departure. I thought it was going to be really intense because of Hulu, I feel like, has very extreme shows. Like, they have shows like this, which is kind of different for them, but they have, like, Handmaid's Tale, which is crazy. And then they have a lot of, like, horror and stuff like that. They have a lot of, like, really weird kind of, like, suspense thriller horror stuff. So but,
1: but wait, but it's not a Hulu show, is
0: it? Well, I mean, Hulu bought it. So I'm talking about, like, it's a BBC right. show, but Hulu bought it's it. It's like yeah, yeah. Almost like how, uh, like, B, uh, Netflix bought Peaky Blinders, but it's a BBC right. show. Like, for some reason, Hulu bought it and not Netflix. So, like, but the things that Hulu buys, this, this is, like, a new kind of era for them. Because same with, like, Little Fires Everywhere is more, like, in this kind of drama space that I think they want more shows like. Because they have yeah. so many that are, like, really intense, crazy, and then they have, like, the horror like, thriller ones, and then they have, like, this. So it's cool. They're, yeah, I think they're expanding their...
1: good for them, because, yeah, Netflix buys everything first. I yeah, guess. they have so much money. They had... What about Fleabag? That that wasn't... That's Amazon. Either. That was on Amazon, yeah. They did, yeah. obviously, really well with that. Um,
0: yeah, a lot of people have Amazon Prime. I don't think yes. I've ever found an Amazon Prime show that I've liked. And I've tried... You told me that, yeah. Maybe, like, five yeah. or six. Yeah, it's really weird. I just... I don't know if, like, that's... I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Hulu, like, it's a hit or miss for me. Netflix is always pretty good. I feel like I usually like the Netflix shows. It, it depends if I don't, but they usually have pretty good buyers. Like, they're more into my, like, what I like to watch, I guess. Yeah. Than the Netflix shows. But it's cool. So, yeah. I'm cool. discovering new stuff, and, and uh, yeah, I am excited to get into this uh, documentary. It's on YouTube for those out there who want to see it. I have it on DVD. I bought it a long time ago. Uh, but yeah you can watch it on youtube for now and i'll put the link in the notes so people can find it and uh, this documentary is directed by Don Letts and he is a dj he's mentioned in the film a little bit but he oh, is Oh he's a-
1: the one right i know Yeah he has say- like the Sorry. dreads
0: and like behind yeah, yeah. yeah I was talking about him and yeah, cool yeah he um, he directed actually several clash music videos And he has this book that I really want to get. And it's super expensive on Amazon. Like it must've only had like one printing because it's like a hundred dollars for a paperback, but it's called uh culture clash dread meets punk rockers. And it's about him being the first generation, uh, British born black and his family from Jamaica and how he kind of like assimilated his Jamaican culture into like inner city London. And he's 64 right now. So it's really cool. He really influenced punk in a giant way. You know, I know.
1: Like, it's really so crazy. cool.
0: And it's crazy and it's awesome that he did this documentary too. So Yeah, uh, I think yeah. it's
1: insane that like reggae was such a huge influence and that mm-hmm. that's all um they were like listening to in London, obviously maybe not in the US, but um, it totally no, I don't sense. think in the U.S.
0: Yeah, it totally makes sense because England, yeah. if he
1: was a DJ and there was like this club where all these punk musicians used to hang out, like it's amazing that it's kind of weird to think that reggae, you know, I mean, kind of mm-hmm. see the influence, I suppose. But um, that was really cool to know.
0: Yeah. You see it also in uh one of my one of my top favorite films, uh This is England. That soundtrack yeah. uh, is a lot of like reggae punk, like reggae inspired punk, and there's a Wait, lot of reggae. So he in made that film.
1: he made that film?
0: No, no 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 no, he didn't make that film.
1: Oh I was gonna say No, I'm just like, saying what? that like
0: that's another aspect of like you see the reggae influence in that film in England in that time. So, yeah. like, you see it again. It's really cool that, like, even identify as like, skinhead punks. They still listen to this, like, reggae music. Like, they still have that, like, reggae punk, like, the roots of it, you know. It's really cool. I love This Is England. And I've seen it's part cool. of the show, but I haven't seen all of it. I've seen this at 86. I think they have a yeah, 90. Yeah, I'd love to
1: watch it again. Yeah, yeah
0: I think it's on uh, Amazon Prime. I think I, I
1: don't. It. I don't have it anymore.
0: Oh okay, yeah. I think the only place I've ever seen it is Amazon Prime that you can watch it. It might be on YouTube. I literally search YouTube for anything first because they have a lot on there. <laughs> so it's a like like <laughs> this documentary. I didn't think I'd be able to find because I was like I really want to talk about it, but maybe no one has heard of it or can see it. But I'm glad it's on YouTube. Uh, so yeah, Don Letts is pretty dope, the director. So that's super exciting. So, yeah, this film, obviously, Jai just found out about it because I told her to watch it uh, for this episode. But I saw it on IFC when I think I was in college, maybe, or maybe out of college. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is so cool. And then I just found out the name of it and, like, went to buy it on DVD. And I think around that time is when I started listening to a lot of the music in here. Like, I never knew about the beginning, like in the beginning of the film, you kind of see the origins of punk through Chuck Berry and through like the kinks and like more of the American side. Cause they do go into, to England as well, but they kind of start from like, you know, uh, hippies or like rebelling against the war and how like, it's really, the film is about the attitude of punk. Yeah. Wrapped up in the music, but really how it has this like rebellious spirit, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's really It's cool. pretty
1: cool that they, um, they cover quite a lot, actually. I thought they did a really good job, like, telling the story.
0: Yeah, and getting a lot of unknown bands that I definitely had never heard of. In that I, know, like, the I was like, the Screamers, they, they were yeah.
1: talking about a band that apparently was really influential, and, like, it's sad that they never recorded it, and yeah. so there is no record of them, you know? Um, they, they and they show that cool one that little in-
0: clip, and I was like, this looks awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's super cool. But then they go into uh, Count Five. Psychotic Reaction is another really great song. It has that, it totally has that like 60s kind of Beach Boy kind of feel, but then you can kind of see how the riffs like turned into like sped up, you know, like I think Thurston Moore mentions like sped up Chuck Berry riffs is kind of like what punk started out being, you know, it kind of was just like more sped up rock and roll from the 50s, which is super yeah. cool.
1: I mean it sort of seems like they all influence each other and like obviously this is like before internet and everything so like they will have to go to an actual show to see that band to then be like super inspired by them you know because there was no like internet or like any other way I, I guess like I suppose records but you know like back then as well I don't think it was that easy it was like to find good records of everything that was out there, you know, because...
0: Yeah, it would have to be, like, word of mouth, I guess, you know? Yeah,
1: like they said, like, they um, they even mentioned that, that you will hear about these bands by, like, on the street, or you'll see, mm-hmm. like, a flyer for a show, and, like, you know, it's not like Egypt, I Well, I suppose it was the studios first, but it's not like they heard about it. Him and they were like buying the record. It would be like if they happened to be in that city and and saw him play.
0: Yeah, then and somebody would be yeah, like, came to the show.
1: Yeah, I, I thought that was like so cool. Like they talk about a ser- like a few people that were in certain gigs that then went and like formed their own bands. You well, know, wasn't that so
0: next level? Uh, oh, I know. That, I think it's the one. Is it the one in England where they said like Joy Division was there, Morrissey was there. Yeah, like it was, everyone. Formed I think a band. it
1: was. The Ramones, right? When they played there, and I think yeah. it was, yeah, it must have been Joy Division and uh, definitely Sex Pistols. Um, yeah, like a few other bands, basically. But but apparently that happened in New York too. You know, like mm-hmm. they would go to see a band and then they all decided to like form their own bands. And so there was there was so much great music, and they all did like. That's what kind of like about it that, I suppose, is different now. Because you know, like it's so easy to just copy, because yeah, you have so true. much out there, and you have like internet, and you have YouTube and Instagram and whatever. Like back then, you couldn't really copy. it, I suppose I felt like, I mean, I'm sure you could, but it was more about being really inspired and then take that and do something completely different with your own touch. You know?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: They didn't sound the same. They were all slightly different. I mean, a lot of them were like completely like, you know, not yeah. you know, like. Similar at all, um, yeah. That's what I find that, that's, that's really
0: interesting about the genre uh, throughout this whole film is that it kind of points out that there, there is no punk sound. Like it really is not really definable by just one word. You know, it's got so it just basically the rebellion and the spirit is what's important to the to the movement. It's not really like the sound. It's not like you have to sound like Sex Pistols or like like. The Velvet Underground, like they talk about the Velvet Underground and like they're completely different and they were doing something totally weird. It was like this weird like slowed art pop. They had Nico in there. Andy Warhol had like, you know, kind of promoted them. So they had like this totally weird vibe, but everybody loved it. You know, um, like Patti Smith, she's not definable. Like, no,
1: yeah, you know, no, She's okay. like a
0: poet. Like she's spoken word. Is she? She's almost like. I mean, like you could say that about Bjork nowadays. Like she's not definable. You can't really tell. No, her, like, you what can't she really does. put her
1: in a box and be like. The, yeah,
0: the, this yeah. is what she does. So it's it's really it's really cool. And also, I thought that you might have gotten a huge kick out of the fact that Iggy from the Stooges was yes. like blown away after seeing by the doors. doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> after seeing the Doors live, I was like, oh, Jaya's going to love this.
1: Yeah, like how incredible to think that he saw them live and he was like totally mesmerized by them, you know, or by Jim Morrison or like everything they were doing, you know?
0: That's- and I see some similarities now that it's pointed out. And that I've seen a bit more Doors footage, like on YouTube. I'm now I'm like seeing where Iggy, yeah Either... like...
1: yeah. Sorry, continue. Oh I... yeah,
0: I'm, yeah. I'm just seeing like that. You know, even some of their songs, you can hear kind of like the Doors inspiration. Well, I
1: feel like musically, not so much for me, like, I don't don't see it, but it's more about the attitude and, like, Jim Morrison's presence, because, Mm -hmm. obviously, Iggy has his own insane, super cool dance, you know, the way he, like, moves on stage, and, like, Jim had his own thing going on, you know, Mm -hmm. so I feel that, I mean, a lot of them, I suppose, obviously, much later was... um, Ian Curtis from Joy Division, you know. Yeah. Although I think that was slightly different because he actually had, um, what is it called? He had a like
0: oh, epilepsy. Ap- epilepsy? Yeah, right? yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's just really cool to see what they were all doing. Um, the order as well. I thought was like really interesting because I, some things I didn't know. To be honest, like, I, I mean.
0: I learned about MC5 from this documentary that like kick out the jams, motherfucker. I was yeah. like, yeah, and I like went and listened to that album.
1: And I didn't think that the New York Dolls like had been that influential, oh, but I guess they, yeah, they were. You know, because
0: yeah.
1: I, I mean they're cool and I like them, but I guess I didn't realize how influential they were.
0: Now, how know? amazing was it that they used fashion in that last element? Oh where yeah, they used all red. And they had, like, was it, didn't Malcolm, like, Malcolm yeah. from, like, Vivian and Malcolm, well, like, he made them all the red outfits? Didn't he make yes, he made but, them the but, red outfits?
1: So that's the other misconception that people th- seem to think that Malcolm was sort of, um, sort of invented like, the, the New York dolls. And apparently, which I didn't know, um, he didn't. He was only with them at the end.
0: Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, it um, was like the yeah. last two weeks of the band or whatever. Yeah. So it's he was kind like... of
1: sad that people um, sort of giving him credit for that because... Do they? I didn't know that. With...
0: People give credit to Malcolm for founding the dolls?
1: No, not founding, but they definitely think that he had a lot to do with the band. Like, he... Maybe the look and everything. Because the thing is, right, if you look at the New York dolls... I'm not saying, obviously, they, they had their own thing, but they do really at times like n- you kind of see rolling stones like oh, a yeah. rolling stones vibe going on you know like mm-hmm. so i feel that i mean i guess it's the same thing right they were inspired but that's very different from actually being the same i don't know i think michael maybe if anything he maybe just said like oh yeah like let's look up these bands and like you could do a bit more like glam like like Mick Jagger or something. I don't know. But, but I mean, he obviously was the, at the end of... Um, yeah, the
0: end of their era, I guess, as it's yeah.
1: right? Yeah, exactly. And then he obviously had an idea of what was going on in New York. And then he went to London and thought, okay, let's do this with a bit more attitude than, like, he formed, like, Sex Pistols, you know? Like,
0: but it's cool that, like, the uh, Mick from The Clash was inspired by the dolls. Like, it was cool that a lot of bands in England were, like, inspired by yeah that. Yeah. It yeah,
1: it is. I mean, I suppose... And then you, then you had the same, right? Like, you had some bands in the US, like, really inspired by, by the British invasion of, like, artists. And it's cool that they say it, you know? I feel mm-hmm. like that's what I hate about now. Like, people can't even give credit to... other musicians you know when they're inspired by them they you can see it you can see so many people like doing very similar stuff to to other artists but they won't ever say it and I feel like it's really cool to hear like these people actually recognizing like oh yeah we were really inspired by this band you know or we really like this other band
0: and it's like Um, cool there was no like competitive thing it was like everyone was chill with each other and everybody had a different sound. So it was like no one was worried about making money and like, you know, it was just about the music and about yeah. what you kind of stood for, which is cool.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's really cool. It's just fascinating, really. Um
0: I feel like the whole time I was watching this, I was like, I was born way too late. I was like I never get to experience anything. There's like I was like this is so cool. Like why am I not here? Like this just I mean, everything, I, at the end of, I was going to say, like, at the end of Glam, at the end of the Dolls, really, like, when they kind of imploded, I think they they say, like, we kind of imploded. That's when uh, the Ramones kind of broke out, and it was, like, this Manhattan, like, Lower East Side, uh, you know, like, playing really... And I, I love that I believe like one of the guys from the dolls like heard the Ramones like playing at the practice space. <gasps> yes. a as, as Joey was like, "Yo, yo, come listen to my band," and he was like, "Okay, whatever." And then he was like, "Get a job!" Like he was please. like, "This, is, like, so yeah, Get this job. is so bad." Yeah, this so bad. he's like, "I had no idea how how great they were," <laughs> and he was just like, "Whatever, this is like."
1: Yeah, I think like consistently you you hear. Um, a lot of them saying, "What? what is this, you know, it's just too fast, they can't even play, they're like a hot mess, but it was their niche, you know, they, they were doing their own thing, it was just like playing really fast, and that became like, their sound sort of thing at the beginning, you know?
0: Yeah, it's it's super cool. Like, I I really like that. I was like, oh, my God. And then I love how they describe New York back then. They're like, the Lower East Side was, like, dirty, and it wasn't cleaned up. Like, the one guy, I think, from The Dictators, I was talking about it and how, like, The Dictators, I think, they came out in 74, um, and they had, like, the really cool, I think one of the guys from, I think it's Legs McNeil, who's, like, one of the founders of Punk Magazine, he was talking about, like, the Dictators had, like, that awesome album cover with the guy with, like, the wrestling outfit and inside they all had, like, black leather jackets sitting at a oh, white yeah. castle. And yeah. he was like, yeah, like, those yeah. are, like, that's like what me and my friends do. Like, we saw these guys and we were like, yeah. And then, like, Suicide came out of there and they were, like, super weird, experimental. Suicide's a, uh, actually a really good band. And so is television. They talk about television.
1: Oh, my God, I love television. Yeah,
0: I'm same. So good.
1: So good. But, yeah, I mean, it's funny to think that so many bands were called punk, but they weren't really, like, it clearly, I mean, I didn't know that either, that a lot of them weren't happy with the fact that they sort of put them in that category, because they wouldn't even call their sound punk, I think it was more like the media sort of created that, because it's lazy, you know, it's like what they do now, they just kind of want to put you in a box, and they all sounded completely different, but they were like, okay, this is punk, you know?
0: They did the same thing with grunge, too, which, I mean, yeah, I hate the word but love the word because I, like, it's a way to identify what I like or the genre, but it's the same thing, yeah, with grunge, too. I feel like the media just does that. Like, you guys all sound the same. You guys all look the same. Uh, You know, we think you sound the same. We're just going to put you in this box.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and I think Um... they
0: said at one point... Uh, like Debbie Harry from Blondie, like people heard she was punk and like radio stations thought she was going to have a knife. Like they thought that like she was violent. They thought that if you were punk, you were like scary and stuff like well, that. Well,
1: yeah, because that word had a really bad reputation, mm-hmm. you know, like I love, um, there is a a line in there when this guy talks about, I can't remember who it was, but he says like, the first time I heard punk was, was basically like, the meaning was basically get fucked in the bomb. And it was in jail, that's what you would say, like in prison, right? So then, when people, I think it was because of the magazine, right, that they created, they Mm -hmm. called it punk. And so then the media started calling all these artists like punk music. And it's just funny to think that they they weren't a lot of them. You would never, you would never. like consider them punk like joy division wasn't punk for example no. you know they they're like what, suicide are they like suicide wasn't ones? yeah suicide wasn't either and they were quite i don't know they were quite i suppose
0: like experimental and definitely they were
1: before joy division and so yeah. they had already that whole synth going on you know mm-hmm. the synth thing going on and and they were if anything, probably too early for their time because they were people were like, "This is really weird," you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um.
0: They started in nineteen seventy. Suicide. Yeah,
1: in the seventy. Yeah. Like, so that's crazy. I suppose so. MC Five came out in sixty-four. Then I suppose they Velvet threw,
0: Underground.
1: It, well, Era? Velvet Underground was sixty. Sorry. Yeah, it was in the 60s. 60s, right? 64. Count. Wow. 64, yeah, 64. So I guess, even though it's quite different what MC5 was doing, but it's cool to think, I mean, you know this, but the fact that Andy Warhol was a true like visionary because yeah. he, um, and I have an, an issue with people misusing that word <laughs> because, you know... <laughs> Because we met like people who say they're visionaries and I mean, it, I like no I get that
0: people yeah I get that people want to be like self affirming like I'm all for saying like you know you're a boss you're a fucking you know whatever like I'm all for self affirmation but like visionary just is another level I mean It's
1: another level to the point that I can only think of two visionaries that, and I really I'm struggling to to come
0: up with more I mean, in our lifetime And
1: yeah I'm thinking well Andy Warhol and Steve Jobs and I can't really think of... I can't think of... There's a lot of talented people, and there has been a lot of incredibly talented people, visionary someone who, like, genuinely has that vision, that can see how things are going to go, like, the direction things will go, and so they, they're they ahead of everyone else, you know?
0: And I think, I mean, I, I, Andy Warhol, yes, but I don't count him, obviously, because he's not in our uh, lifetime. Like, yes, I do count him as a visionary, but in, I mean, as much as I, not all visionaries are good, like Mark Zuckerberg's a visionary. He literally changed how... I,
1: I know, but I hate him, so... Well, I
0: know. I know you don't like <laughs> him, but not all visionaries can be good, but he definitely I changed, suppose. like, the yeah. whole landscape and saw into the future of how people are going to, like, connect. And now look what happened. You know, now we have social yeah. media, which is essentially, like, part of our lives all the time. Like, you can never turn it off. It's just really crazy.
1: Well, yeah, but I, sadly, I feel like he's not gonna go down in history as a visionary. No, if no, 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 he won't. He will no, go no, down in history as a villain, you know, like he is like a
0: Bond villain. He is a, a bit like totally. A Bond villain. Um, Make sure to like anyway. us on Facebook <laughs> or Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah, and like and subscribe.
1: Fucking hell. So yeah, <laughs> like and subscribe. You know. Uh, I was
0: gonna write it in the actual show notes um, and just be like, yo. Just go listen to it. Apparently today I found out on the podcast front news, uh, Wii U, wee U, like podcast front news. Uh, Joe Rogan is now signing to Spotify exclusively. And oh, Rogan wow. is probably like one of the biggest podcasts like in the whole universe. So that's massive. Yeah. I think by the end of the year, he's only going to be on Spotify, which is nuts. I don't think they've ever that's gotten crazy. anyone that big. Like,
1: no, they um, haven't. Maybe that—that's why they've done it because they don't have like great podcasts on there. No,
0: it? and no one. I mean, a lot of people. Uh, I mean, I—I've I've seen most people. Some people do listen to the show on Spotify, which is great. The bulk of it is on Apple, but like, I think what's kind of weird about Spotify too is that some countries I think don't have Spotify. Or it's not as developed as it is in, like, probably Europe and, like, North America. Yeah, I
1: don't, I don't know. Do you know that? Yeah, because I was reading
0: today, um, I think I was reading on Twitter when, like, Rogan announced it, and some people in the comments were like, they don't have Spotify in my country. Like, this is a shame. Like, I mean, I hope that I'll be able to, like, still, it's still going to be free. Like, he said that. Like, it's not going to, like, be behind a paywall or anything, but I hope that it's I don't know. Distributed on like Google, like something, so other everyone can hear it, you know. Because hmm. that's, I mean, it's kind of weird that some countries don't have Spotify.
1: Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah,
0: but they have um, Apple. I'm assuming they have Apple, but they don't have Spotify. So yeah,
1: well, yeah, I think everyone has Apple, but but yeah. yeah anyway, just, um, yeah. Back
0: back to it, the and then uh, television visionaries um, Richard Hell, well, another visionary. yes,
1: another one. Um, but I just think he's. Insane saying that, in 64, sixty four, sixty five, Andy Warhol already had that vision to be like, okay, these guys need, they need something more appealing. Like, let's get a really beautiful woman as a front girl, sort of thing. And like, mm-hmm. they got Nico, and then they had all these incredible visuals, and it was all like, you know, kind of music and like art. And we had like vine, the
0: and the album and then they the had banana painting. It was like sixty yeah, seven. Well, Well, yeah,
1: because he had like he thought, okay, I can bring that element to the band, like art, Mm. right? And then obviously they had the factory, and you know they were all kind of. When you think of Andy, you you don't think just Andy Warhol; you think of Velvet Underground and and vice versa, right? And Ian
0: Sedgwick, and like a whole bunch of people that were like in his realm. It's like
1: that whole scene, and like it's just so interesting. Like it's so cool.
0: Yeah, it's like Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people.
1: Um, but yeah, sorry, Richard Hill, like, yeah.
0: Isn't that crazy how he would wear the safety pins, and Malcolm apparently brought that back?
1: Yeah, he took that, and, went you know, to England. And-
0: That's such a big, it's, 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 so is it assumed, because I don't know that much about this, and maybe, uh, maybe you do, but the... Is mostly, if you if you identify, like, punk fashion in England, is it mostly, like, that Sex Pistols genre? Yeah. Because yeah. What, I, yeah. what I love about... I love that there are two different takes on punk, like, as a fashion standpoint. Because I personally love the fashion of the New York scene, which was kind of, like, nothing. It kind of, like, wasn't a look. It was, like, it was, but it wasn't. And, like, I feel like the one in the UK... Obviously, I'm not, like, a crazy, like outlandish like dresser when it comes to fashion but I appreciate it but obviously I would dress more like the New York style but I love the style of the UK punk too because it's so visual and it's such a look like it's yeah. a definite look you know it's like spikes it's plaid it's like you know what I mean like it's the safety pins it's the leather it's crazy it's hair Small yeah.
1: And- yeah I mean I think that I mean that's true to be, to be honest like now and back then I feel like The UK is always, I mean, it's part of, like, the culture, right? Being eccentric and, like, taking something and transforming it into something else, like, bolder kind of thing. You know, even Mm -hmm. now you see it. You see it still with fashion. Like, New York fashion is so different from, like, London, you know, like, British style. And so I think um, Malcolm obviously went back to the UK. He had a store with Vivian Westwood. She was not. Like, she didn't study fashion. She was, like, self-taught. And I like, think at first, it was a lot of, like, customized stuff, you know. Like, so cool. they were cutting sh- T-shirts and, like, putting all the safety pins and um and then making stuff that was, like, really out there. And um obviously, she was wearing, like, crazy makeup and hair and stuff. And so I feel that they were – it's true what they say. Someone there uh, – um, whose interview, I can't remember her name, I think she was from, um, not Susie Sue, but, uh, there was another... Kirstie uh,
0: Hyde. I think so. Is I think she was the, pretenders? the one... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, the pretenders. Hind, yeah, She says that she doesn't think punk would have been the same without yeah. uh, Vivian, and, and Malcolm, I totally, it's totally right, because, yeah. um, you know... They were obviously really well-known and a lot of people used to hang out in their shop. And so it's sad in a way at the same time that later on when they said like punk became so well-known around the country and like the music and everything, it just became mainstream. You know, it's like that happens sometimes. Yeah, you know?
0: it like happens And all so the time.
1: because so many people knew what it was and was following it, then... Um, The style became that sort of cliche, like everyone's wearing Mohican and and like t shirts are
0: ripped. And the bands never did, which is so crazy. But the
1: bands didn't, yeah. Yeah, they were like, like, it
0: was like the fans wore that, but like a lot of the bands didn't wear anything like that.
1: I think it was more like it it was a trend, it became a trend, but sadly it was associated with punk. And Mm -hmm. so they thought, oh, that's what punk is, you know? But it wasn't. It wasn't just that. I mean, I, I guess you you can't really help that. Like the moment that something becomes popular, then and it blows up, like then it becomes mainstream. You know, with anything that's good, it it just happens. You know, I think.
0: Yeah, at least um, the only upside, the the downside to it obviously is that people like record companies are profiting off of like kind of creating this. But the upside is that it does, you know get your music to reach a lot more people. You know, yeah. that whether they like it or whether they are, like, posers and only liking what's popular on the radio. Like, back then, anyway, not now. But, like, you could, you know, like, what you want to do, I would assume, if you want to do music professionally, like, you want everyone to hear what you have to say. Otherwise, yeah. why are you doing it, you know? Like, yeah, you might as well exactly. just do it, whatever. If you go out and get a record li- deal, like, you clearly, that's your vibe. You want to do that. So the more people that hear it, you know, and maybe even open their eyes to another genre. Like that's the the one thing that I loved about Nirvana was that like finding out about Nirvana really young and then kind of finding out like what they liked. I was turned on to a whole other set of bands that I probably wouldn't have known if Nirvana wasn't so fucking massive. Like, I mean, so it's like it all kind of, it all kind of mixes, you know, goes together, which I think in the end they, when they were talking about Nirvana, the guy's like, well, you know, they weren't like so Big because they were the best band in the world. Like they just had this fan base that was like building, you know, that just kind of like wanted this band that was what they wanted and different and took all these different lessons. So it was kind of crazy, but yeah, I yeah, and also like they...
1: the the, mm-hmm. the record sort of the music industry, like the record industry, changed too because it was more accessible, right? Mm-hmm. And they were distributing more. So I guess it was kind of like doing something at the right. Time and being at the right place, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, literally, which is super cool. I have like my notes are so funny. I have going to the UK. I I took notes for this uh, chronologically, and I have like going to the UK. Social problems in the UK influence music, which <laughs> it does. Um, and I think the Clash talk was more of like the political. Like when they bring in the Clash, it's really interesting because it's more of like the political type side of like UK more than Sex Pistols, who I've never been like a massive fan of. I do like the Sex Pistols, like, but I've never been like, I I would like the Clash more if I had to choose. If you give me well, one or the other,
1: I think it's, you can't. I feel like you can't really compare them because the Clash was making music for way longer. You know, like they were was only around. They were around for like three years, I think. They were only together for 3 or 2 years. That's
0: right. yeah, that's true.
1: And so also um you know who knows what would have happened but because see vicious like kill himself or whatever Did died. Did they kick <laughs>
0: him out of the band before he died or was he de- was he with Nancy in New York and he like they were still playing and he was like kicked out or had they just broken up?
1: I don't I don't actually know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Either. Yeah, it'll be cool too. And I'm sure you can find that. Yeah, there. yeah. I'm,
0: um They have but a movie. The I point
1: think. is that even even if let's say like even if he hadn't died, I don't think he would have like, he would eventually have quit because when everyone was doing heroin and everything, oh, it's scary. just you're you can't produce anything. That's why they say like punk didn't last, like sort of those Bands that we know as punk and that movement didn't last that long because once the heroin came in, um, you know the scene, then that's when things went down the hill, right? And like, you can't really make music; you are just fucked. You and know? they kind
0: of—that's kind of... true. And they kind of. Uh, Susie from Susie and the bangees is kind of attributed like because there was like, was it Johnny and the Heartbreakers? I think came over to England and that's Nancy and was with them and they were doing heroin yeah. and they yeah, kind of who, like like everyone was doing speed I think at, at that time like in this scene and like she was doing heroin and like they were like yeah and they brought kind of like smack over and once yeah like, but that they happened, sort of sick, they,
1: they sort of blame her right yeah I was gonna say they kind of blamed like,
0: her for it yeah she did because sushi. apparently she
1: was she was on it, on it f- way before like she you know she she was like, heavily into it, mm-hmm. and so then when she met Sith then
0: she like got him bomb. hooked, and, yeah,
1: am exactly. um, but, yeah, like, it's, it's just really, it's just really insane, like, I, I love the clash, I mean, everyone, to be honest, like, if yeah, you, like clash, cool. you like the clash, you like,
0: the, like, the buzzcocks, Sex
1: pistols, I love
0: that yeah. yeah, I love that they went into, like, the buzzcocks, and, that was pretty cool. Oh, another side note before we get back into England, Mary Heron was talk was there talking about like the inception of Punk Magazine. Uh, Mary Heron is a photographer, but she became a film director and directed American Psycho. So she is no way, fucking Reed. badass. Yeah, she what? she's a little further back when they talk about Richard Hell. It's, like, in that section. And she was, like, I think uh, Legs McNeil, who did Punk, was, like, saying that they went to Lou Reed after a gig and were, like, we want to interview you we'll put you on the cover. And he was, like, oh, oh yeah. wow, your circulation must be great. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's so funny. And she was there. She was, like, there and I think she she was, she's a like, a photographer. And she, um... Yeah, she became a film director, and she did also the movie called I Shot Andy Warhol, or, like, Who Shot Andy Warhol, uh, something like that, because Andy Warhol was obviously shot in, like, what, the 60s or 70s by Valerie Solanas, but, but um, 70s. yeah, 70s, and, yeah, she's dope.
1: That's right, yeah. Okay, Stop I didn't know American that she segment. made American cycle. yeah, That's
0: insane. She did. And apparently, another side note that I just recently read, apparently the studio pushed for Leonardo DiCaprio to do that role. I thought he never got it. They pushed for him to do it, and she was like, no, I want Christian Bale. <laughs> and the studio took the film away from her for a time. And then they couldn't really get anyone to make it with, like, Leo. And then she went, they, like, gave it back to her. And then she was like, I want Christian Bale. And they didn't tell him to, like, buff up. He just did that because he thought, like, this is what this character would be like. And I was like, and now we know Christian Bale, like, literally transforms himself, like, you know, crazy. So he was doing that, I guess, from the start. Like, but then if we never had that, could you imagine if we never had American Psycho with Christian Bale? Like, that It just wouldn't
1: be the same. Yeah, that broke him.
0: That was like it literally is. like the movie that everyone was like, "Who
1: is this guy?" It's like such an iconic film. So good. So we good. might have to do a bonus,
0: so even though good. that came out in two thousand. I'm sure they, I'm sure they filmed it in ninety nine. So <laughs> we should just like we should just include <laughs> it in an episode because I just I love that movie so much. Um, oh yeah, and I have also that there were a hundred people that turned up to that like was it a hundred club and it was like Joy Division, Morrissey, The Damned, Susie, like all those people were there.
1: Probably more people than a hundred, but yeah, it was the Oh 100, yeah, the
0: hundred club or something. It
1: was the hundred club and they had this festival in what year was it? I think it was I think it was seven seventy-four. In seventy four maybe. I think they had a festival. Um Yeah, that I mean that's you know, there's so many like fascinating places like that in the UK just because it's like an old like it's like an you know like an old country and so you have things running for like years like that club was actually open in the 40s that was like a music venue in the 40s it was like I don't think it was like just jazz but it was definitely associated with like kind of like jazz gigs and um different kind of music and then in the 70s like in 74 they decided to do um that punk festival and I guess they, they have more alternative acts, um, but, mm-hmm. I mean, even now to this day, it's still, like, one of those places that has, like, I you know, really insane acts, and it's just really, like, London, you know, it's part of London music scene, I suppose, like, it's really, it's been influential, and the Roxy, like, is,
0: is there, like, a, is there a plaque there, or what's there now, do you know? What do you mean? Like, where it, where the building is now, is it still there? Do you know? Like, do you know where the 100 Club or the Roxy is? Or is yeah, the it's
1: still- the the 100 the Club. Is it is still open? Oxford Circus. I'm pretty sure it's still open. I know there was, there was a club they closed, but I think it was a story. I don't think it was a 100 Club. Maybe, can you look it up?
0: Yeah, let me um, see if it's the same. Um...
1: I'm pretty sure... That's not what they closed. They, they did close, I remember. It was like, there was this crazy, like, people were so upset that they were closing, like, a lot of iconic music venues in London, you know? just Is it 100 build.
0: Oxford Street?
1: Yeah, it's 100,
0: it's an Oxford Street. Okay, so yeah, I think um, it just is temporarily closed right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it has to be because I don't remember that. I don't think they would allow them to close. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: like a yeah, it's like a landmark at this point. There was
1: another one that they closed where people were really upset. Oh. I think it's called Astoria, the Astoria. Um, but yeah, that that happened like maybe like nine years ago when they were like they started closing these music venues. And That's crazy. I know, just because of the, the areas, because Oxford Street is, like, the, like, one of the busiest sort
0: of streets, you it's know, like it's like... like, Times Square. I was there once.
1: Yeah, totally, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, oh my they, god, yeah,
0: it was just like...
1: They, they see it as, like, they're losing money because they could, like, build something oh, else. Yeah, there, like, like, shops offices or, or shops, condos you know. or something.
0: Oh, that's crazy. And then I love how um, the UK punk mag was called Sniff and Glue. Like, that's yeah, the one that's that they really came funny. up with, like, yeah. And then, obviously, the Sex Pistols interviews are, like, my favorite. And they went on Grundy. Oh,
1: my God, that was so funny. You fucking twat.
0: I <laughs> know, oh, it's the best. I was like, okay, I, I love that they're just like, fuck this. Like, this is crazy. This is so cool. And then they go into, like, the Clash, and we get that reggae vibe. We get the Slits, who are dope. And then you you hear about Don, the the producer or the director of the movie. And they're like, yeah, everyone hung out in his room. Like he always had all the reggae records and he was a DJ. And like, that was so cool. And I was like, damn. I was like, that's so crazy that this guy directed it. And then I like how they go. (laughs) I love that that Sex Pistols show in Texas where there were all those, like, rednecks oh, there. God. And then they and said they... that, like, they were, like, throwing shit at them. And uh, said Vicious, like... But he just kept his... playing. Yeah, they he just had, kept like, playing. it was covering blood, crazy. And
1: yeah. Just, I was like, like, continue oh to play. That's, like, punk attitude. That is punk. Yeah, you know? that is. Yeah, like, totally. I think it's quite cool, like, how you define, or, like, what people think punk is, you know? Like, everyone pretty much, cons- like consistently said like it was just an attitude it was like being against the establishment you know like like a way to express yourself with no boundaries and like not give a fuck about what other one like what anyone thought about you and like just do your thing it's like and it's so crazy that they they go back to like the 50s right they say that what he was doing was punk was his name richard no not richard jerry
0: lee lewis uh, Chuck Berry?
1: Uh, Chuck Berry, that's
0: yeah. it. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, they were like, that was punk, you doing know? Doing something different, yeah, just doing something Doing something, something different, so yeah, different. it's... It's super cool. And I love my fave Henry Rollins is sprinkled throughout this Oh my god.
1: <laughs> he's amazing. His commentary is so good. He's like I feel the best. Like was... He can talk
0: about anything.
1: He He's like, a, I don't know, like a sort of... Uh, he's just so full of knowledge, like, music-wise, you know, like, I mean, he, he, it's interesting that, to hear him say that, in 1980, that's when he thinks music got interesting, it's like, it's, he says that, and I'm like, really, I mean, music was really great before, but I guess for him, it was like, no, that's when you started getting, like, really interesting acts, like, it was like, sort of, end of punk, and then... People that had been sort of going to these gigs and stuff—they create something different. Like it was more like it went all different directions, I suppose. And then yeah. you had like hardcore, like punk, you know. Like and then it
0: all was kind of separated by region. Like, it became very personal. There's another really good uh, film called American Hardcore, which I also own that one as well. But, like, it's it's another really good one all about the American hardcore scene and, like, how it differed within regions and, like, Chicago and L.A. and D.C. and Florida and, like, Pacific North. It's really cool. Like, you hear all their different sounds and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes
1: sense. It makes sense, obviously, that people play different sort of music in, like, You know, the east versus west. But it's funny how someone said, Oh yeah, like the punk or like sort of music you had in the East Coast was so different from like the West Coast. Because you would have never had this band. What are they called? They're like hardcore.
0: Oh Agnostic. And they were from
1: Yeah, and they were like, they could have never come out from L.A. I
0: love Henry Rollins just being, I love that Henry just literally doubles down on everything that he says. He's not very, like, blasé about his opinions. He's very like, no, this is how it is. Like, this is exactly what it is. Like, he's so passionate about it.
1: Yeah, like, he's like, oh, you have, like, sunny weather, beautiful Mm cheeks, oranges. And then you have, like.
0: (laughs) Then he's like, then you have the East Coast. People live on top of each other. They talk really fast. Like me. Fuck you, not fuck you, no. let's do lunch next week.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> it's like, true, so, you know? Yeah, it's like, true. Because, like, people here are more, like, in your face, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's just so true. Um,
0: but... I love how they get into, like... I love the Dead Kennedys, too. They're another one of my favorite bands. Uh, Or not, like, favorite, favorite, but, like, they're up there. And I love how they talk about, like, how in New York, like, punk got merged with hip-hop and, like, the Beastie Boys. And, oh, like, Public yeah. Enemy, like, they kind it's of embraced... Like that whole genre bending. Like, it's cool. It was just cool, you know?
1: Yeah, I think that's, like, the beauty of it, that someone would take some element from the music and then do something super different, you know? Like, I I feel like the whole hip-hop scene, I, I miss that train because I, for whatever reason, I just, I just wasn't around it. I don't know. I just didn't... It's not something I grew up with, you know? Like... I definitely could have, I don't know, it's just not my thing, I don't think. I mean, I definitely like some old hip hop, but I don't, I I never really follow or care for it. I I appreciate, like, the old stuff is good, not, like, versus, like, now, you know.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I didn't really think about it, I guess, until you mentioned it, but, like, Hip-hop is a huge part of America in the 80s and 90s.
1: I know. Like, no, I know. Because i watched I, so many documentaries. About yeah, it. I was going to
0: say, like, every time... Like, I obviously have been, like, majoritally... Like, ma, like, you know, like, I guess majoritively or whatever that word would be. But, like, I basically like rock and elements of rock. But when I was really young, like, I loved, like, TLC... Fucking like boys to men, like all these like hip hop R and B acts that were just massive. Like Mary J. Blige, like definitely listen to Biggie, like it was everywhere, Tupac. Like it was just out. You know, Aaliyah, another huge one. Like we just had like tons. it was everywhere. It was it became, I think, mainstream, uh, in probably the night, like mid nineties. When, like, yeah. when grunge kind of ended. And, uh, yeah, alternative rock was uh, still, like, a big thing, though. Like, rock definitely still was, like, on top until, like, I guess... When did rock kind of fall off? Like, to early 2000s? I
1: think early 2000s. Is that, that like, after... All the best stuff came out, like... After it, the like, Strokes. late 90s. And then
0: stroke The then indie, indie boom, like, Interpol. Indie boom was, like, yeah, like yes.
1: 2000, early
0: 2000s. Yeah, 2000s. and then but... after that, it, like switch to hip-hop, like, in, like, 08, it was, like, doop, like, we're flipping a switch, and it's, like, straight hip, hip-hop now, and pop. Well,
1: maybe here, because,
0: I mean, oh, it, yeah, it, here, it's yeah, definitely, popular it's
1: definitely big, it's big in the UK, but you do have, like, dance, and all uh, sort of electronic music that's still up there, you know, it's not, like, yeah, the that main... really go away. I feel like here, it's, like, yeah, everyone loves hip-hop. Like, EDM
0: was really big a few oh. years ago, and now I feel like hip-hop's back... Like dominating,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I definitely think I know people who like hip hop in the UK, a lot of my friends do, but for some reason, I just never really got into it. Like, it just didn't appeal, you know. Um,
0: I like kind of yeah. like the grime of the UK, I like oh, Skepta, yeah. <laughs> I like Dizzy Rascal. I saw the streets and Dizzy Rascal here. It was, like, such an awesome show is, it wasn't, Yeah, it wasn't that packed at all. <laughs> it was a dope, game. This is
1: what I mean. Like, it's so interesting when people go different directions. Like, I can see how, like, people that were, you know, like, the whole, like, punk reggae and then went into hip-hop and then started, like, doing a fusion or whatever, right? And then, same, like, you went... Some people went from that underground punk into, like, more... Um, into hardcore, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, more intense, But then I don't know. I think like for me it was more like rock, always punk, and then from there it's kind of I went more the direction of like new order, you know, like they went more like electronic,
0: like new new wave, and
1: then new wave, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's just interesting to see all the directions that music kind of went.
0: It is cool, and I like how they they talk about Minor Threat, uh, which is obviously from DC and like the straight edge scene. Uh, there's another film called Salad Days, another really good documentary on, like, the whole DC scene. There are a
1: lot. They, I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah.
0: They they touch on LA, which also has a really influential punk scene. They talk about the mask, which is a really important uh, venue in LA. There's one called The Smell, which I'm not sure if that's still open. They were trying to save it a while ago. Um, and then they obviously talk about, like, Doug Kennedy's and that whole West Coast vibe, which is really cool. But, like, DC's got Bad Brains, which are so so amazing that they're just an all black ridiculously amazing yeah no really cool yeah it's really
1: cool like I feel like I appreciate it you know whether like I'm into it or not I feel I still kind of appreciate that they're really talented and they were doing like their own thing yeah but it's just really cool because I before I moved here I didn't know about any of those bands it like didn't know Bad Brains didn't know um Black Flag or oh you didn't any know Black them. Flag I don't think so Maybe I think I heard of them But I didn't really know Like I don't think it, It's too much for me I think that. Could you
0: imagine Black Flag Literally got like The magic touch When they got like This east coast singer Which is what they talk about When they got Henry That joint Yeah campaign? Cause they're very LA But he totally brought that Like rugged Like It's a pretty amazing fusion Of like West he was Coast like hardcore so One crazy dude I wrote Henry in short shorts <laughs> Exclamation point <laughs>
1: And long hair. Henry long can hair. get it.
0: Henry can get it in short shorts. Henry could get it today. So, I mean... Yeah, I, know. I He's cute. I love Henry Rollins. <laughs> I just love him so much. And then I love how the, like uh, Thurston Moore is kind of like sprinkled in every now and again. Oh, yeah. We, so we did a do a Thurston, Thurston Moore uh, on the Sonic Youth documentary episode where he literally is just the entire thing. Um, but... Yeah, it's kind of funny that I used to have his book, No Wave, New York Underground, 76 to 80. I think in LA I had to leave it behind, but I did have that book. It's cool. It's all the photos from the underground scene, like kind of like what happened. Because you know how he's like, oh, you know, people always say nothing happened. And then Nirvana came around. And it's all about like that time period. And uh, there's another book that I just bought by Michael Azarod, who's an amazing author. He's the one I think who did the only authorized Nirvana biography called Come As You Are, which is really good. He wrote another book about indie rock and alternative rock from like 81 to like early nineties that I just bought on Amazon. So I can't wait to read that. It's all about like that kind of lost like post-punk era where a lot of those bands were coming out that were, you know, like, Super different, but I love how they introduced Nirvana. I mean, we could talk about Nirvana, like, all day, all night, but I just... Yeah. <laughs> I like how they introduced it. I her.
1: mean, I think it's it was really cool to hear that, like, I mean, he really just said it. He nailed it, you know, like, he... Th- there is this guy who is talking about what a lot of, like, white teenagers were going through. Totally depressed. Talking about how they were feeling, sort of like representing them in a yeah way, you like know? Looks, like,
0: yeah, looks like them,
1: yeah, it looks like them is going through the same, and um people just really related, so I kind of I can see I can see it, like it totally makes sense, and also music had changed back then, like with the record labels mm-hmm. and all of that, so it was like. He just did it at the right time, you know? Like, I mean, obviously the music was great too, but.
0: But, like that one guy says, I think it's like uh, Glenn Branca, he was like, they didn't get so big because they were so great, which they were, (laughs) but like that. They had all these
1: other things. Yeah, yeah. it
0: was like building. And then, and and obviously it helped spawn tons of other bands from that genre you know like it wasn't just one like you know tons came with it after it labels sub pop was you know like blew up so you know lots of things happened in and around
1: yeah and also like um harry um said that like he he was like at that time like record labels already were like taking an interest in music that they would have not like 10 years before that you know so Mm -hmm. they were like you know a lot of the opportunities that like punk music didn't have, um grunge did because there was like MTV and like record labels were like Virgin, all these like big record labels were like, oh yeah, we wanna, we wanna like be associated with like new and young and like what are the kids into, you know, it's like grunge, post-punk or whatever. So, it, yeah, it's it's just everything basically that came together for them, I suppose.
0: That's super cool and I, I had to mute my microphone because it's trash day and people are <laughs> taking the trash out and you can hear oh. the bins like roll out and I was just like oh crap how am I going to turn this off so I had to like mute my mic so I could hear you but otherwise you would hear like trash bins like rolling out to the alley. Yeah and, like over.
1: I hear you but you definitely got a bit quieter like the volume or something I don't
0: know. Oh did I? Am I, am I louder again?
1: You Yeah, it's better. Now. Oh,
0: okay, cool. Um Yeah, so then I, I love... I just love how Henry Rollins describes everything. And then I love how they go into, like, punk it, after that became, like, Green Day. Like, this band called Rancid. Like, Blink-182. Like, you know, it still kind of evolved into, like, just a totally different sound. And it just went... Yeah. And then well, God, Limp we're... Biscuit. God help us. Oh, my God.
1: Please, can I just say something? Now, I've been waiting... Oh, yeah. Just say it, because we're there now. I fucking hate Limp Bizkit. Hate it. Hate. It's like an understatement. It's so crap. When Whenever people ask who's out there, like some of the acts that you really don't like that were not, you know, they are not, yeah, they're just not I'm your like,
0: vibe at all.
1: I can only think of Limp Bizkit. They're really? truly like a terrible band.
0: Yes. I almost died at a Limp Biscuit pit. Nothing it was
1: appealing. Oh, God. Pretty no.
0: fucking awful. It was at a festival. I was not at a Limp Biscuit show. Um, I was stuck up there. It was. It was, yeah. It's just that whole aggressive male energy that they bring, uh, that whole vibe, like corn. Like, you know how Henry Rollins perfectly describes it? Like, if I was a 17 year old boy, this would be my favorite band. (laughs) Like, I wanna break shit. I wanna just like, and he just like makes fun of the whole like breakdowns in their music and how they sing. I do have the Corn album. I do have three Limp Biscuit albums. I do enjoy Limp Biscuit. I have to say, I like their first no. album. Yeah, i I'm, I mean, I man, I've got I've got an eclectic taste. I the only band that I don't really like a lot is Slipknot. That's a band and I. I None I, of them. Insane Clown I do fans. like Corn. Uh, I have like two Corn albums. Uh, yeah, I mean, I liked a fair amount of that like new metal when it was out. I mean, it was on the radio. I was kinda like It race... was on M T V. Yeah,
1: I know, yeah. but so
0: Yeah. I I was I was not I don't want to say a fan, but I like definitely listened to it. I'm not even gonna front. Let's let's I'm I'm gonna be honest, yeah. I listened to Limp Bizkit. I have not in about twenty years though. <laughs> like it's been a really long time. I don't think I've listened to Limp Bizkit in a while, but yeah, it is pretty embarrassing and terrible. And yeah, then it kinda talks about like how Punk in the long run, in the end, really ushered in this DIY scene, like how they talk about how the internet's super punk, you know, um, just creating your own everything, and I guess that's kind of a big reason why I started Fashion Grunge, because I was like, man, everything's lame, I want to, to do my own shit, now I'm doing yeah, my own and, shit. How-
1: and you came out first, and now there's, like, other people who <laughs> yeah. try to do something similar I to guess. and yeah, they I mean, call themselves
0: whatever it is, like...
1: What is it? Is it called rugged fashion or like fashion gone rogue or whatever?
0: Oh yeah. Are they, did they just, they post like other people's editorials, right? Like just magazines? Like other magazines? I don't know,
1: but whatever they, I don't know what the thing is, but I've seen what they, they're about and I don't like it. But it's funny that they call themselves grunge, but it's not really. Yeah, no,
0: there's only one. There's yeah. only one. <laughs> so, yeah, this yeah, was super great. About... I'm excited that uh, we got to review it. Jai, what are your, like, last-minute thoughts on it? Do you have anything else to add?
1: Um, well, let's... Me, let me see. I mean... I don't know. I think it's interesting that at the end, they all sort of talk about how um, they isn't... Kind of like, back then, punk was about, like, being against, obviously, like, the government and, you know, standing up for um, what they believed and there was, like, all these, like, social and political chaos and stuff. But now that people... Basically, whatever is happening in the political landscape isn't being expressed through music. No. And this came out when when
0: George Bush was in... Uh that's when this documentary yeah. came out. So it was like two thousand five. Oh, right. yeah. So that's what yeah. they're talking about. This is before Obama came in. So there was like a But it's the same war. now. Yeah, it's I was gonna say it's now. exactly the same, You're... if not worse. Uh. It's
1: like fifteen years later, after they've done this documentary, and like they're so right and yeah. it made me think about it. Like I guess they said like maybe film and like visual arts, maybe people are expressing, you know, um, their views on things or so, like rebelling against what's happening like government-wise um throughout that like a lot of film for sure and and art but and
0: just like what we were music, saying earlier now oh yeah go on yeah no yeah
1: exactly I was gonna say not now we have
0: netflix like-, like that's its own channel you know like all these things kind of came out uh, on their own and kind of created like a new like not lots of people are now getting their shows on netflix or you know like hbo youtube is super punk you know like Everybody's doing their own shit, you know? Everybody's, like, DIY.
1: Yeah. No, that is true. In the long run. I
0: mean, there's bad things when things get commercial. Obviously, it's commercial now, but not when it first came out.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do wonder. Maybe we just don't know about it, but there, there must be, like, a lot of people out there still making music that it's quite, um... Not controversial, but... I mean you know there like is it's just
0: it's just not like main, mainstream doesn't really exist anymore mainstream. He, like it does yeah. but it doesn't you know it's mainstream is like I guess, like what's big on spotify and youtube but everyone has their own niche now because it's just so easy to like carve out listening to exactly what you want listening to podcasts like being really centric and, and knowing exactly what you want to listen to and you don't have to listen to like a broad range like a radio and just kind of like wait to hear what you want you can just it's on demand now even tv You know, it's like you don't have to wait to watch the show that you like to watch. You can watch whatever you want right now. So it's it's really customized. Like the world's very customized, you know. That's how it kind of seems now. It's really weird. But I hope that we'll eventually get back to another dope music revolution. Because I kind of want rock to come back.
1: I know, <laughs> me too, obviously. Yeah. yeah. At least oh, in America I know say, it exists
0: other places. I know it's a really big like, We totally in we
1: totally we totally forgot to mention this, but I thought it was really funny when they said um yeah, punk like what was you know, what the studios were doing and everything was basically saying like fuck up to the hippies. Everyone wanted to just like you know, go away hippies and like and it's funny because at the same time all that sort of music that started in the sixties—that was also rebellious.
0: Yeah, that you know? was so countercultural like too.
1: It was. They were people that were protesting um, about the Vietnam War, and like, you know, basically doing lots of drugs and like creating art and just basically just protesting, which is pretty punk, you know. Yeah, like, I'm gonna go out there and like change um, it. Yeah, but it's funny that they were like, oh, yeah, we just went to get rid of the hippies. I'm like, the hippies weren't that bad.
0: And the hippies also weren't commercial either. They weren't, like, No, they weren't. (laughs) So, yeah, it is kind of strange. I mean, they both had the same kind of, like, attitude with rebellion, but I feel like punk was just way more, like, in your face, I guess. I think hippies, I kind of more, it seemed like hippies more, like, retreated and kind of created their own worlds as opposed to punk kind of, like, being in your face and yelling about, like, this is what we think is wrong. And, you know, like, but I think hippies, it seemed more like hippies kind of, like, like, fuck your world, we're gonna move and create our own. Like, you still do your shit over there, but, like, we don't want any of that. We're gonna come over here and create our own. And then, you know, like, yeah. kind of communes form, cults, all that kind of weird shit. Not, uh, not that it was all bad, but, you know, like, but I, that's what I'm thinking of, like, you know, they're not trying to change current society. They're trying to, like, they voice their opinion, they know it's it's not really changing, so they kind of, like, move and create their own world, but they don't have to deal with your world, you know? Like, your yeah. violent world. But this one, it seems um, like punk was very, like, fuck you, we're gonna get in your face, we're gonna make you feel uncomfortable, cause, like, you need to yeah, know this, exactly. you know, like, you need yeah. to hear this, so, you need to hear what everyone has to say, and not just censor everything, pretty much, but...
1: Did you, do you know much about, um, Vivian Westwood? And, um, oh my god, Malcolm um, Magler Malcolm's son. Did you know much about him? No, okay, so, um, I mean, why would you, right? But I thought that maybe, maybe you would have heard. So, like, I can't remember exactly when this was, but like a few years ago, um, okay, so basically, they had a son, they never got married. I was gonna say, were they married? He- no, no, they didn't. But they had a son, and um, he opened. He's the founder of this really amazing store, like a brand called Asian Provocateur. Do oh, you know yeah, it? yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So he's the founder. He started that. Oh no way! But there was this crazy, obviously being son of Malcolm and Vivian. You know, the, literally, there's no no one else more punk, I think, like female in the UK than Vivian, and and so. He's into the whole scene too, but a few years ago he burned five million pounds of punk and like Sex Pistols memorabilia. What? Did you know about it? I don't. Yeah, think he so. burned it. He burned it on on the Thames River, like on a boat.
0: Why? Yeah. Did he say why?
1: It was it was kind of like a protest. I think it was, um, I think it was like the like the punk's 40th anniversary. Oh. and like they he did it as a protest because he felt that punk had become this sort of marketing tool, like very oh. mainstream and like and like he just became like a brand like mcdonald's i remember hearing that like oh
0: okay he just
1: became he he it was like a way of saying no this is like the most punk thing you can do to burn all these memorabilia which it was very controversial because a lot of people who were into the scene were like yeah, but that's... It could you know, like... That's We could have done so much with that material. It's really yeah. that you can't get back. But other people were like, no, that's cool because it's punk. It's just not... He, basically, him not allowing for...
0: People to you know, make money the, off of, like... Put, put, exactly. Yeah, like exactly. a museum or, like, an exhibit. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh. Because the people were like, oh, no, but he could have opened a museum or have, like, an exhibition. They're like, no, because the whole point is to keep it kind of... I mean, obviously, you can't really... Sort of big, turn it on the ground because you know everyone knows,
0: yeah, everyone what knows punk about it now. And, yeah.
1: But he didn't want to make it you know like accessible to a lot of, and it's true, he's right, like that. The generation, whenever this happened, it was like five years ago or four, I don't know, like I can't remember honestly. Definitely in the past seven or six years, this happened, and so I'm. Oh. Um, I Thought that was like you know, it's cool in a way. Like, he's basically saying, No, like, fuck you. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm never gonna put this sort of um content out there for, for stupid people. Just being like, Oh, you know, I'm into punk, I'm punk, you know, like, oh, wow. like what you have with social media now, I suppose.
0: Yeah, but that's that's Cause, crazy. I, mean, yeah. I didn't know about that.
1: Yeah, you should you should look up, I'm sure this there's stuff out there online but but yeah it's really cool i think that he's like vivian's son and like yeah like that he's so tired cool. like asian provoker too like yeah, the such lingerie a cool brand. brand it's
0: really expensive isn't yeah
1: it? really expensive yeah, yeah i was
0: gonna say it's like the fancy
1: um kate moss was in the campaign once and um prime like so many like cool bands like Oh,
0: the, like wow. collaborations
1: and stuff. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, cool. Anyway, I just
0: thought I liked that. Nice. Really yeah, that's cool. That's a so that's a great I- place to end uh, this episode. So yeah, go watch this documentary on YouTube if you're interested. You'll learn a lot, if anything, and you'll probably yeah. um, find some new bands you want to check out. But yeah, we will. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna do next. We might do a, another collaborative episode. We were talking about it yesterday. So or two days ago. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one.
1: Yeah, and, like, like and subscribe.
0: Yeah, like and subscribe, (laughs) review. I'll put it in the notes, do all that fun stuff. But we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.